Hey everybody, yes, welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, for the 300th time, mm. I'm joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Chris, how's it going today? Jason, I am well. I uh, want to apologize to our listeners if you hear the echo. Um, I have a very empty room that, I in, uh, that I'm currently in, changing locations for the first time in a while. So uh, I'm going to get that fixed, but uh, bear with us. You know, hey episode 300 i think you guys are in it for the long haul anyway so uh it's uh always good to be back jason you look nice today i like the horizontal stripe with the little logo you look clean you look professional thanks look look good how are you uh doing pretty good we're snowed in over here up here you got in, snow uh, oklahoma oh yeah we got snow and sleet um snowed in so just uh working through the week here um, Chris, we're 300 episodes in. Uh, people in the Facebook group, uh, the PSP Facebook group on Facebook, said I should bring back Jimmy. Uh, oh, PSP Facebook group on, on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, right. I'm just that, making it's sure. It's not that complicated. Got the whole yeah. name right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they wanted, they said bring back Jimmy, bring back the jokes. and um, Can we? Can, no, can we I, just do a, I thought about it. Can we do a quick Jimmy? How, how is he doing? I mean... It's the 300th episode. What a perfect time to just yeah, bring him it in. Is. It ta- is. It is. I'll tell you why you're not going to do Jimmy. I'll tell everyone right now. You're not going to do Jimmy when we're on camera. No, I've done Jimmy on camera. Oh, I was you looking did? back at the YouTube channel. <laughs> did it a lot, yeah. But it's just I'm in a different point in life, and uh, the world's in a, I don't know. Everything's different. So Okay. No, not, not happening. Um do you want to get sentimental here on our show? Oh yeah, I today, mean that's or do you want to? Okay, that's why I'm here. I'm I'm hoping I'm going to cry by the end of it. Yeah. Well, uh, we're 300 episodes in, um, and we thought it would be a good time to kind of check in on the state of Google Ads. What's changed since we started the show in 2016? Where are we at now? What are some of the top things that come to mind when we think about running Google Ads campaigns these days? So we've got a little bit of a list here. Uh, we're going to go through different topics that came to mind. I'm um, going to be talking about ad approval statuses, how to get the perfect results, what I call unlucky accounts that have to do with not seeing a lot of search terms. I've run into a few of those. Different columns we're using a lot, things people are still doing wrong five years later, and just some interesting things we're seeing. But yeah, we're going to kind of use it as a check-in point. Um, Chris, as always, it's good to be uh, joined by you. Excited to be uh, 300 episodes in here. So why don't you tell us about our sponsor today, Optio, our sponsor as always, and uh, then we will get into the episode. I want to tell you guys about a situation that saved my butt with Optio. So if you have anyone that you report Google Ads to, um, you know the situation where you are talking, you're on a call or something like that, and they throw a curveball at you about something or so-and-so, and you need to see more data than Google Ads interface will show you. Optio will save you, just like it saved me, because it shows graphs over time. It shows ups and downs. And whenever you're able to throw out those numbers, quick fire, bam, 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 just like that, it's amazing how much more value your conversation can have to your clients, to your boss, to whoever is you're having to report to, because most of you guys have to report to someone. Um, and this helps you 
do that because it helps you with the overall view. It helps you with very detailed review. The amount of reporting and managing that this system can do with budgets and keywords and traffic and helping you to handle all that in such a unique graphical interface that you don't see in Google Ads at all. This is not something that you see anywhere else. I'll tell you what, you want to see it? Tired of hearing about it? Try it out at optio.com slash PSP. That is the place to get an eight-week free trial. You can try the whole thing out. You're going to like it. Many, many of our listeners already have. I guarantee that you'll be hooked. Optio.com slash PSP. Okay, thanks, Chris. So um, before we get into some specifics, I mean, what do you think uh, five years into the show, uh, maybe almost six years now, versus Google Ads in like the spring of 2016? Is it generally the same and the changes are just like cosmetic and details or is it like actually different in the way you think about how to run Google Ads? Where would you say you're at these days with it? So to avoid using the same language that I always use about, you know, automated this and strategy that and stuff like that, I think the best way to describe it is to maybe use a completely different kind of language, like a color shift. You know, if if the arguments before were very bright yellow, you know, very flamboyant, very, very, very bright. And, 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 you know, we're talking about using skags and doing, you know, very specific ad groups and very specific things in Google ads. You know, there were some very strong opinions. And if you wanted to get something done in Google ads, it was, this is the way to do it. You know, there, there really wasn't, um, you know, a whole lot of back and forth because, uh, you know, you had your specific strategies, you got those keywords a certain way, and there wasn't other really bid strategies that you tried. There wasn't really a whole lot of other things. For a while, we had modified broad, and it was very, very common. A lot of people agreed. There was some disagreement, but I'd say very common. A lot of people did a lot of the same kind of things. Now, if I were to assign a color to kind of how we are now, it's much more of a gradient. I don't know what colors it would be. Let's say orange and purple, right? You know, two. it's a gradient between orange and purple because there's two very different types of shades of strategies that that we now have. I mean, you and I preach all the time to thousands of people around the world about manual bids, but you, you know as well as I do, there are a lot of disciples of automated uh, there's a lot of disciples of dynamic. There's a lot of disi- uh, disciples of uh, max clicks, max conversions, ROAS bidding, stuff like that. I mean, and that's just a few things. There are so the number of options <laughs> in Google Ads was overwhelming back then, but now it's to the point that it's almost unmanageable for you to know everything about everything in Google ads. Mm-hmm. Most people tend to specialize. We individually specialize in search, you know, and we, we, we do other things as well. You know, we have experience, but it's so diverse, so different and dynamic that I, I feel that, that that really describes best how things have changed for me in Google ads. Are you like hypnotizing me right now? I'm very, I'm all over the place right now. You got me <laughs> colors, emotional. Yeah, I mean, it's, but that's exactly the way I feel too, Chris. I, I was thinking while you were talking, like, um, 
I guess back in the day it would it was if we're talking about like board games and all that kind of stuff, which we talk about often on this show. Not enough. Um, you've got like a, a puzzle. Google Ads used to be a puzzle. Like it was a very basic solvable puzzle. Like you get the pieces, okay. get your keywords, get your match types, get your campaign, mm-hmm. do your advanced location if you want, get your bidding type, and then you would run it and it you would put the puzzle together. Yeah. And it was always kind of the same puzzle. But now... I kind of think of it as like, where's Waldo? It's like you flip the page to the new scene that Waldo's in, and it's like just a bunch of just new stuff, and let's try to find Waldo. And you try to find Waldo somewhere on the page. He's always in a different part. He's always dressed, or he's always in a different section. It's a different set of dynamics you're looking at, but you can find them. You can still have success is my metaphor there, but everything's different for like every single account it seems like these days and the strategies that get you to a successful point for different advertisers, depending on, we'll talk about it a little bit, but the kind of data you can see in your account changes from account to account with the search terms, the looseness of phrase match keywords seems to change from industry to industry. And um, I'd say it's just a lot more dynamic. Uh, There's a whole Mm -hmm. lot more uh, going on makes it more difficult if you don't want to lie to to talk about it to new clients and to sell them because people yeah, want certainty, they want to know what they're going to get into. And I'm just an honest guy. So my answer a lot of time is, I don't know. We'll find mm-hmm. out. I don't know. We'll find out. People hate hearing that, but that's kind of where it's at these days. Yeah. I, that's, that's really true. I, I, I agree because I mean, the last thing that I want to tell someone is, you know, results are guaranteed or you you will get this number of phone calls or leads or whatever and there's always another way to do it and because the options are so diverse the options are so there's so many options available i find myself you know maybe questioning more often am i am i choosing the right thing is there something you know before i don't think i questioned as much but I think because there's so it was many more a, it options. It was a simpler puzzle. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There's so many more pieces that could fit. Now, instead of one piece that fits there, there's like five pieces that fit there. And which one should I choose? Is this the best option? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say I like it because, I mean, it makes it makes the job six years in, um, well, from the show, but like eight years in for me, more interesting as mm-hmm. time goes on. And I also feel like my skills are more valuable because there's more things to consider and things to try. So um, I definitely like that it's gone in this direction. It's probably gone in this direction due to just evolving technology and their capabilities. Yeah. You know, it's that, that, that's a whole software thing. Whether you're using a software, I mean, I've been doing Google ads since 2003 and I mean, we're like almost like 20 years of this. And, you know, it, it's looking back over time of Google ads What's surprising to me is that the system still works. No matter what we say about the complexity and options available to us, it still works. You know, it, it's more complex. I think that it takes more time and more testing and, and there's more questions, but it still works. And that's something that is really quite an accomplishment because look at anything else that's been around for 20 years. Does it still work the same? You know, does it provide the same results? Is it even around? 
for 20 years. You know, I mean, that's, uh, well, I know there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of evolution and things change, but they need to stick to the basic fact of people are searching for what you offer as an advertiser and you can get in front of them. And if that, if you stray from that too much, it's probably going to lose its power as an advertising platform, but they haven't strayed from that. Um, I don't think they have, um, they've added more features and more capabilities. And I would say maybe more options for users to stray from that if Mm -hmm. they want to. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if they, if they can just stick and continue to stick to keeping it simple, show up on what people are searching when they're searching for exactly what you offer, they can keep that edge. Um, as we've seen and talked about other advertising platforms, not being able to maintain. Yeah. So Chris, um, that said, first thing that came to mind, my mind with like Google ads these days is the limited ad status. Oh boy. Like as, as maybe to some people as trivial as that sounds, it's really not if you're managing a bunch of accounts and have different clients dealing with it. But literally the first thing that came to my mind when I thought that about the state of Google ads in 2022 is the limited ad status, the approval status issues, the system flagging your ads for like housing policy, this policy, that policy. There's a couple industries now I just will not work in because it's so such a tough situation. We'll talk about how we handle this, but are you getting that from clients? Like, why does it say my ads are limited? Why do I have this approval issue on my ads? Do you, does that make sense that that would be my top of mind thing? Yeah. Um, there are so many like Google red flags. I use the word red flags a lot, but I'm talking about red flags that Google gives you from limited spend to your bids aren't high enough, uh, all the way down to, you know, low search volume on keyword to the ad being non I mean, if you had a guess, I do not have this number, Jason, but if you had to guess, let's each pick a number. How many different policy violations could you get on one ad? <laughs> I mean, I... Pro- prob- probably at least four or five. I and was thinking 20. One thing, well, well, I was thinking there has wow. to be like, tw- you could get 20 because everything from, think about it, punctuation, misspelling, housing, um, medical, non-friendly, uh, guns, uh, violence. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you could, you, you could get, you know, government. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of policy things that you can, if you, <laughs> you, you try and trademark when you, what you, when you don't even know, there what you the go. Trademark is a big one. Yeah. And, and, what bugs me is that these limited status indications on, on, on the keywords and you ask, you know, how to handle it a lot. What, what bugs me is I don't know how much limitation those mm. status indicator, when it says trademark, how much am I losing? That's one thing yeah. we never know. We don't know how much we're losing. So you've got things like restricted targeting, accepting requirements for different industries. It's just, there's a lot of those notifications. And to me, it, it kind of stems from just a self-regulation mindset. Uh, Facebook is going through this as well, where there's a lot of talk about the regulatory environment. And to get ahead of that, they seem to be self-regulating. But from a user perspective, it's causing a lot of problems where you're not doing anything wrong. A lot a lot of times the frustration is, is that you're in an industry 
maybe related to housing or land or something like that. And you're not even advertising for a portion of that industry that has to do with problems that are caused with that industry. But because the website talks about a house or it talks about land or real estate or the ads talk about that, you get flagged with something. And like you said, the most frustrating part is you don't know how much that's affecting your campaign. So I've got a two-step strategy, Chris. I basically contact support by, I contact support and ask for help and say, hey, should this status be on there? Can we get it removed? What do we need to do if we need to do something? Take a shot at it, see what happens. And then from there, if I'm getting volume and spending the budget I want to spend, I do my best to forget about it because it's so, it's such an uphill battle. And sometimes it's just going to be, that's the way it's going to be. There's going to be a a column there that says your ad is always limited. But if you're spending your full budget, if you've already tried to get whatever you can do to get it removed and you can't, but you are spending your full budget, then I I just forget about it. And I just run Google ads the way I think it should be run um, and don't let it affect me. The hardest part, and we're dealing with this in some campaigns right now, is when you aren't spending your full budget and maybe you're spending like very little and you don't know if it's because you have low bids, you don't know if it's a low population, or is there something artificial going on where your ads are just really being restricted and limited? That's tough. Um, And so that's, that's the hardest part. And I guess you just have to narrow down, like raise your bids. And if that doesn't solve the problem, then you know it's not your bids. Expand your location. If that doesn't solve your problem, then maybe it's your policy issue. Uh, but that's that's the number one thing I've been dealing with lately with uh, with Google Google Ads. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So, Chris, um, another thing that comes to mind here is we talked about how different things are these days. So, another thing that comes to mind is that yes, perfect results are still possible. But you have to get creative. So I pride myself on this. I think you do too. We don't try to get our clients like good results or basic results. We really do strive for perfection. Every search term that you pay for is going to be someone that has the potential to become a customer of your business, trying to get as many leads as possible for the budget. Perfection. That's what I strive for. That's what you strive for. My thesis on that right now is that it's still possible. But you have to get more creative than you had to be in the past in most of your campaigns, most Mm -hmm. of your accounts. Do you agree with both of those that it's still possible, but that it's not as easy or that you have to get more creative? Right, yeah. Um, I think the perfect example is an account that I've been running for years. Okay, I'm, I'm doing it with manual bids. And the search terms are perfect. Um, this, you know, the, the keywords, the ad copy, no issues with anything. We have enough budget, you know, the, everything's great. The client's happy with the return on ad spend, um, number of conversions, whatever. Okay. And then I think in a moment of weakness, I think, well, what if I do, and then a flood of ideas can come out. What if I do a broad match campaign that targets, you know, high funnel, you know, and this, this, and this, you and I both know it'd be completely different kind of traffic, right? If I did something like that. So that pops into my head. So, you know, I need to try something like that. Another thing is I take that perfect campaign. What if I did max conversions? What if I did max clicks? You know, depending on the, the, the situation, one of those could actually get the client maybe 30%, 50%, 100% more clicks uh, or, you know, 30%, 20% more 
uh, conversions simply because of the bid strategy. They are very different now, manual versus automated, and the automated are very different from each other. So just these little things, you think you have, you know, the perfect account, you have the, you know, everything set up right, because there's so many options, you really start to, you know, say like, well, I mean, if I throw this at it, which I've never done, you know, a dynamic campaign, or I, I blend uh, uh, YouTube along with this, you know, a branding kind of campaign with YouTube, what, you know, what kind of uplift, uplift could it give the search campaign? I mean, there's so many options now. It's, you know, it's incredible. Yeah. And um, you got audiences and demographics in there yep. as well. There Things like calls, call bid adjustment, device bid adjustments, um, all that stuff. I think what, where my thought on creativity comes is that, and, and the require, requirement for creativity, um, to me, I've been thinking a lot about phrase and exact match keywords. I would never, ever use to separate phrase and exact inside their own ad groups or even own campaigns. I'm seeing some people do that these days. And even though I don't do it a lot, I'm more open to that now. Um, I find myself in some cases running a lot more exact match only ad groups and, and campaigns in certain industries. Because here's the deal, Chris, with phrase match. If you look at that update where they combined phrase match and broad match modified and created updated phrase match, and they, you look at that bubble that they show you for uh, its new phrase will be a little smaller than old broad match modified, but still a lot bigger than old phrase. That's a huge uh, difference versus the way phrase match used to be. And here's the deal. Like, it's not like we're talking about, it's different from account to account. It's not every industry. It's not every account, but sometimes phrase match is freaking crazy. And it even goes down to keyword to the keyword level. Like sometimes I'll have a keyword phrase match. I'll have a keyword that's like pretty close to that keyword phrase match but there's just something that the system sees different with that second keyword and it opens it up to wildly different searches. And so I'm always having to judge like on a keyword by keyword basis, how loose is this phrase match keyword going to be for this industry, for this advertiser, and then from a keyword to keyword level. And I don't know, you just, you really have to keep your eye on that. And the old school approach of, I want to show up on the exact right searches. Sometimes it's not even the right approach anymore because sometimes weird phrase match keywords convert and then they seem weird because you can't see a lot of their search terms. I've had to be a lot more creative, Chris, and I've had to be a lot more focused on what different keywords are bringing in and then maybe loosening up and not even focusing on what they bring in, just focusing on the conversion performance because you can't see search terms. So I would say I just had a lot bigger focus on phrase and exact match keywords these days um, based on the way they've opened things up? I I know you have a lot more topics, Jason, but I am so intrigued by the thing that you just kind of dropped at the beginning. You're, you said, tell me, tell me if I'm correct, you said you're more open to, that means you're considering, you're comfortable, you, you said you're not doing it yourself, but you're more open to separating your keyword match types by ad group. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm more open to it. I'm considering, I'm seeing more and more accounts these days where the phrase match is a totally different level of quality than the exact match. Wow. Again, it's very, it's very hard because sometimes 
it doesn't happen at all. And the phrase matches very close to the exact match. It's no big deal. And it's kind of old school that way. Sometimes it seems to be an industry-wide thing where it's okay. like, okay, for this industry, phrase match is just going to be looser. And then sometimes it's like just one phrase match keyword making things seem a lot more open than they actually are versus the other phrase match keywords. Okay, yeah. And it's not in a way you would think. It just seems to be another phrase match keyword that's like the other ones, but it's way more open. And so kind of like, I don't know, you know in the Matrix where like bullets and hands are flying and like they they pause time and they almost see things slowly. I feel the need to do that with accounts sometimes and phrase match keywords and search terms and also the conversion column. And I just need, I find the need to just like, okay, slow down. Hmm. What are we seeing this phrase match keyword bring in? Is it all the phrase match keywords? Is it actually bringing in this bad stuff or are we only seeing 10 or 20% of the search terms from this one keyword. And maybe it's mm. not that bad. I don't know. Just really feeling the need to slow down and consider what's going on with the interplay between keyword match types, search terms, search terms. You can't see in the conversion column. Um, okay. And getting creative with things and, and, and not skimming over things. I think a lot of people could just look at their search terms report, look at their keywords, go, okay, it's going fine. But if you really drill down, there's some weird things going on. Um, and to get the perfect results, you have to isolate those weird things and, and take care of them. That, so slow down. That is, is my message. Okay. That is, uh, yeah, uh, the wise Jason has spoken. I'll tell you, what, I completely disagree. I don't, not about slowing down, but I just disagree on putting match types by ad group. I do not do that. I'd never really considered it, but uh, it's. Uh, I never used to do it. I, n I never used to think it was a thing, but. Um, Huh. I'm seeing it. Well, okay. Well, I'm, so yeah, go ahead. I know there's lots of other topics. I just really got hung up on that. I'm just kind of like, whoa. Well, um, I should have brought some examples, but um, there's just some very intricate things that are going on where it Well, think about it, Chris. If they loosened up the definition of a phrase match keyword mm -hmm. and at the same time, they're taking the ability to see all your search terms away, uh, that's like a lot of different variables and again not every account but sometimes you get some weird situations that's yeah. all i'm saying okay. um one final thing about getting the perfect results you and i have preached this for years you don't need conversions to get perfect results we've had plenty of accounts where sure. you don't get all conversion tracking in place yeah. because you don't get all conversion tracking in place you ignore conversions mm -hmm. and then you just focus on search terms yeah now that you can't see search terms to some extent and now that things have been opened up with keyword match types, I find myself running to conversion data and trying harder to get all conversion data in place, focusing more on the cost, conversion value over cost, aka ROAS column, and letting conversions guide the data, especially when Google seems to be considering a lot more about the user than just their exact search from that moment. You can get conversions from searches that you wouldn't think you could get conversions from because of that, I think. Then you got the responsive ads thing, Chris, we talked about a few weeks ago, possibly factoring the search terms that you show mm -hmm, up on to mm -hmm. the people you show up on. I find myself running to conversions these days to get perfect results. Um, have you found yourself doing that or are you not hung up on that? It, you're, I, I agree with you on smaller spend accounts. Okay, so let me, let me lay this out. If I have an account that's getting hundreds of clicks 
a month, or not a month, uh, a week, let's say. And I have a lot of search term data, okay? And I have a lot of data that I can look at. I have, you know, a couple hundred or more clicks per week versus another account um, that only gets 100 or 200 the entire month. I'm absolutely running to conversion data more often for that smaller, more so than I am the big one because of exactly what you're talking about. So I agree, but... um, I think it's I I tend to do that more with smaller spend, you know. And why why is that? That's it's because because they've taken away search term data. You know, I don't have 100% search term uh-huh. data, so I can't tell, especially if it's an industry that, you know, has a higher search term limitation. Uh, you know, your search term mm. uh, hidden factor is is much higher in some some industries. So, uh, if it's a smaller spend and all of that, then yeah, I mean, sir, you're exactly right. Cert, uh, conversion data is definitely important because i'm flying blind i mean it's like i only have one eye you know i'm like i can only see half of the data i you know in order to see the other half i need to get conversion data well let's talk about what i call unlucky accounts um i don't see this often but let me ask you first we talk about search term ratio the amount of search terms you can see for your clicks uh it used to be 100 percent. we could see every search term then they start taking away search terms uh, to some extent. And I guess we kind of think of the average as you can see 60 to 80% of your search terms versus your clicks, I would say on average. Mm-hmm. What's the worst you've ever seen with that ratio, that search terms to click visible well, ratio? I mean, on, on smaller accounts, I've seen 0%. You know, like I've seen no clicks at all. You know, if something gets like... No uh, search terms at all. Uh, sorry, yeah, no, no search terms at all. On something that gets maybe like one or two clicks and it's in the legal industry or you know uh you know criminal like how many like how many clicks a how many clicks a week uh like three four something like that okay and and we're talking so maybe like twelve to fifty clicks a month mm-hmm. 50. under under a hundred clicks a month yeah under we're talking like twelve month, to yeah. twenty clicks a month yeah and I guess some people may ask well how could that happen well if you have a two thousand dollar month well if you have like a thousand dollar month budget and you're Cost per click is fifty dollars. We're talking yep. twenty clicks. Yep, because it's in the it's in the legal industry, and yeah, I've seen ones that I I I might look at an entire month of history, and I see one or two search terms, and that's all I see, and then the rest is zero click with just impressions. You know, they didn't get any clicks. Yeah, I I, I have a client now in the uh, real estate space. Oh, yeah, and housing. The ratio is. That's a frustrating thing. No, it's not housing. It's in the real estate space. Well, they call it housing. Uh, it doesn't have to. It, yeah, that's a frustrating thing. Yeah. It gets hit with limited yeah. housing approval and all that. And that's why we're not seeing search terms. But it's not housing. It's in a different kind of the real estate space. Uh, but the ratio in there is about 20%. Mm, and Gosh. And is it is it higher spend? Is it a lot of clicks? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. It's a... Uh, it's a Four to five thousand dollar a month account. Yeah, so you should be getting lots of and, lots of traffic. So you're talking. Oh, we get ton, we get tons of clicks. Yeah, and and it really is frustrating because we and especially like it's a ton of clicks from not that many keywords. Mm-hmm. So there's a few keywords that are making up a huge percent of those clicks, and those keywords are the ones that get hardly any search term data because of privacy issues with the real estate space. But again, why would it just doesn't make sense? But I'll tell you, Chris, can the man beat the machine um, with manual bids? I used to always beat the machine. And 
very rarely can I not beat the machine. But in this case, I've had trouble. We're now two months into the campaign uh, beating the machine because the machine was set on like a target return on spend and automated strategy. And it was getting the cost per conversion and return on spend that the client wanted. I'm running the same keywords, same kind of bids, but just doing it manually to get a little bit more control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to plan. The reason why is because I can't see the search terms that these clicks are bringing in. I can't clean up the search terms and get rid of the bad searches because I can't see them. And then, so what's the variable? The variable is the machine knows more about the user that they choose to show these searches to. I don't know about the user because I'm not the machine. And it's unlucky in the sense that the the man can't beat the machine. It's fine in the sense if you're okay with an automated bid strategy, I guess. But the client came to me because they were frustrated about the lack of control. They were frustrated about seeing bad searches come in. So, um, yeah, it's just very tough. And it's a new kind of management skill set you need to build when you can only see 10 to 20% of the search terms. It's a crazy thing. To be managing an account like that. Yeah, that's, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I think that, I think that's that difference between man and machine is, is very well illustrated there. I, I absolutely agree. It's, uh, um, it's like the man with his hand behind the back yeah. versus the machine. Yeah. Know? I mean, you're, you're, you're flying blind there. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a big difference. So one, um, and you know, I don't want to, I don't know if, um, it's just your general, apathetic nature and lack of testosterone i'm speaking to both of us i'm uh, speaking to both oh of really us. oh okay yeah have you seen these arms the I mean, <laughs> yeah came out the wrong look at this no but chris i mean we're facial hair i mean I, this is beautiful my wife hates it it's getting so long look at that youtube we're on youtube now everybody yeah. if you want to uh check that out we need to charge um, for that so chris um i don't want my point is we're talking about really difficult things here and I don't want to sound too unenthusiastic or too negative about Google Ads because I really don't feel that way. Like we're getting perfect results in many, many accounts. It's just one or two that take a lot of creativity, take a lot of time. We'll talk about that later in the show to, to, to figure out. Um, so let's talk about something that is like very much um, a positive with the more data we're getting. All right. Um, and that is the absolute top impression share percentage column, or as I call my North star column. Mm. <laughs> if you want to figure out, you know, should I be bidding more? If I bid more, can I get more conversions? If I bid less, can I still show up enough to get conversions and then lower my cost per conversion and get more conversions overall for the budget? If you want one column to guide you on decisions like that, I'm in love with the absolute top, and I messed it up here. It's not impression share. That's been something we talked about in the past here. Let me get the exact name because there's a very similar column. The impression absolute top percentage column. Let me put it that way. Impression absolute top percentage. Of your impressions that you show up on, what percent of the time are you in the absolute top position? Number one above everything. Number one position. Chris, this is my North Star it yeah. guides me on those decisions about bidding. I use this much. I, I I find it to be much more effective than the old average position column. And I'm in love with this column. I find it to be very helpful for, like we talked about, man versus machine for the man. It gives me some superpowers here to control my bidding and know exactly where I stand for a keyword, an ad group, or a campaign. 
Do you feel as positive about impression absolute top percentage? Do you find yourself running towards that column? Or for you, is it just one other column that's part of the uh, management there? That is absolutely a win. I mean, uh, we I mean we have entire episodes devoted to our uh, mourning of the loss of average position, which I still maintain that my arguments for what I talked about before on, on that are still uh, upsetting. But what we have now is absolutely more powerful because if I presented, Jason, I'm going to show you your metrics one month compared to the previous month. And I say, you had a 1.4 last month, and now you have a 1.3. How the heck do you interpret that? <laughs> it just means, well, I went up. Doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, great. You know, I'm closer to 1.0. Um, then if I tell you, you have an absolute... Uh, top impression share of 70% last month, and then you have 90% this month, that tells you exactly what changed. The top ads changed. You went up more at the top, and then you have a second column about the top impression share, top position uh, impression share, and now we can actually see where it went from the bottom to the top, how much more of that happened. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think it is a huge advantage and I, I i use it all the time because it feels like that that absolute top impression share is the fine motor skills of your bidding right you know you can just barely kind of tweak a little bit and who cares if you went from a 1.4 to a 1.3 that's i want to know how much of that absolute top i got and that's a big deal big deal yeah the the percentage of the time that i showed number one uh, versus when I didn't. It's such a cool, it's almost like a miles per hour thing um, to try to know the speed you're going. Um, I was just looking at a campaign here. It's a campaign that runs well. It has a um, ROAS uh, of like two to four usually. People may not think that's that good, but when you factor in what I factored in to come up with this, that's actually a really good return. But what I noticed is that in the last seven days, the return is a, a 2.3. And I was like, you know what? That doesn't seem like as good as I want it to be or as good as I think it can be. And so I just compared it to the previous seven days. And guess what? Impression absolute top percentage went up 14%. Um, we showed up, uh, number one, 14% more often than we did uh, the previous seven days. Because of that, cost per click went up 10%. And um, our conversion uh, value over cost, our ROAS, is like 27% worse. There's other factors, but it gave me a good like guideline. Like, yeah, maybe slow it down a little, lower the bids a little. You'll still show up, number one, close to where you were, but cooling it off uh, can get your ROAS back where you want it. So I love that column. It's something I think a lot about now um, as we're reflecting on just where we're at with Google Ads. It's one of the great tools uh, inside of Google Ad. Um, so Chris, we're going to take our quick uh, dance break here, and then we're going to get back, and we're going to talk about some more items like responsive ads and other ways, or I should say different ways that we're seeing people screw up their account. Not to say that sounds bad, responsive ads, that is not screwing up your account. That's one of the topics. Other topics are <laughs> ways we're seeing people screw up their account. So we'll talk about that and also... Something we never talk about that often. Search partners data. Been running into some interesting things there. Oh. Keep an eye out, people. I'm going to keep an eye on Chris. Is he a little preview for YouTube? Just a little preview? 
I like that. I like that. It's all on the shoulders. Okay. We'll be right back. We'll be right back after this. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you about our sponsor, Opteo. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash P-S-P. They can give you an eight-week free trial. Let me tell you one thing. Did you know that Opteo integrates with Slack? Jason, you know Slack. I know Slack. Sometimes we send um, messages to each other in Slack about you know who, who has the most testosterone, who has the best facial hair. Did you know that there's other uses for Slack that are actually going to contribute to uh, work and getting things done. Optio can do that. They can actually, uh, the, the, the tool plug in and let you know, hey, there's a new improvement or there's a, hey, did you know that there's been a, some kind of error detected? You know, the ads have stopped or, hey, you're underspent for this month. You need to go in and check that. It'll, it'll let you know when those things are happening. No emails. You know, you're, you're going to get those alerts in Slack, which are much more manageable. So all kinds of things. Guys, I haven't even told you. We need another three years to tell you about all the things that Optio does. This is just one. Try it out for free at optio.com slash PSP. Okay, so Chris, uh, as we get into uh, 2022 and we're talking about Google Ads uh, six years later after starting this show, I think we we can't help but uh, talk about responsive ads. So they've been on my mind a lot. I guess the biggest takeaway for me, Chris, is that if you're not running them, because I've seen this in some accounts with clients, if you're not running responsive ads and you're only running expanded text ads, I think you're cutting off your ability to get as much volume as you could. I think in my mind, responsive ads equal more volume. Yeah. Bolting to say, I can't really back that up with documentation, but that's what I've seen inside the accounts. Do you think that's valid? And um, are you focusing a lot still on responsive ads? Jason, if you jumped into the middle of a room of crowded people and yelled responsive ads brings volume and you had no mathematical data to back that up, I would stand behind you and slap you on the shoulders and say, this guy's right because I to- I'm totally with you. It'd be me and you against the world. I'd be with you because I agree. I don't. I have nothing to prove with, with, with information, but I absolutely agree. Let me give one example. Recently had a client who had a very high cost per conversion. Okay. One of the main things that I found in their account was they had old ad types. Jason, think back to when we were chiseling on the walls and they would chisel just one line with 15 characters. You remember those? Like 15 character headline one. And then they would have like, I think it was 30 or 60. Something like that. Yeah character descriptions (laughs) that's the kind of ads they were running i mean like this thing is ancient and one of the main things i did was i set up responsive search ads and by month one this campaign had other things i'd done as well it'd been running for a long time obviously but but within one month they had cost per conversion half of what they did before. Their cost per conversion dropped by half simply because what you and I know well, they started, their relevancy went up, their quality score went up, they started 
matching for more things simply because it probably showed up on better searches yep and 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 the, and the click-through rate skyrocketed and their impressions skyrocketed so yeah i mean i mean that that's just uh you know one example uh but uh and who you know i have no proof that it was that exactly but a very strong hunch i yeah i would say um with responsive ads just keep in mind they're mysterious and powerful Ooh. and put some Put some thought into them in 2022. Try some things out. Here's the good news. There seems to be a lot of complex things going on behind the scenes with them, but there's a rule. We looked at the documentation. You can only have three in your ad group yep. at once. So you can only have three active, and I don't even know if you can create a one when they're not active, but you can't be running more than three. So you can only have three. So here's what I say. Always run two. Run one that works well. And then try different stuff out with your second one Pin. and see if you can beat it. Pin the other try, one. Try one. Yeah, try one where you're not pinning. Try another, the second one where you do put in some pins. Um, try themed responsive ads and uh, and things can go well. But I I think that the big thing for me is just knowing that like it used to be just like the powerful thing was keywords and match types and settings and search terms. But now I'd say the the powerfulness of ads have moved up in the rankings there and now responsive ads are they're powerful they can cause different things to happen yeah um in terms of what you show up on who you show up to and just give them a lot of thought and attention as we get into google ads here uh, in 2022 so another thing to to pay mind to chris that um people don't often focus on is a search partners network segmenting out that performance at the campaign level uh, versus the regular google.com search network and seeing the performance. I haven't seen this a lot, Chris, but in the recent weeks, I have seen multiple clients where we turn on a campaign and 90 to 100% of the search traffic comes from search partners versus Google. Oh, and it has unnaturally low oh. cost per clicks. No, no conversions, very bad traffic, yeah. but unnaturally low cost per clicks. Let's say you're in a spot where you don't have all conversion tracking in place. You can see it like a, like a mirage in the desert and you can get tricked and you can go, Oh, wow. We're actually getting great cost per clicks. This is awesome. We know we're not going to track all conversions. That's okay. Let's just look at search terms. Oh, my search terms look good. And then you, you pop open the search partners network and all your traffic came from search partners yeah. and you realize, Oh, I'm getting an artificially low unnatural cost per click. It's just bad traffic for yeah. whatever reason. You better, you better I check the, that often. I was going to say, sorry, I was going to say you better check your, um, you better check your locations of where your traffic's coming from. Not, not the, the, the referrals, but geographically where are these people coming from i i've, I've I absolutely good, seen. good luck with, good luck with that because as i understand it if you're targeting like the state of texas but you don't have it locked down to presence and you've got a people in or interested in i don't even think at this point you can see no not in where they come from not in google ads i'm talking about outside like, of Texas. check yeah. check in your analytics check in you know check your mm -hmm. ip mm -hmm. listings and stuff like that you know where these people are coming from outside of google ads because google has has stopped giving us that information you no longer can see exact uh, uh location data of your traffic they've they've stopped uh they've stopped showing that unfortunately but uh but yeah i've seen that now, are before. they all coming from one one place it's just weird yeah um, i've seen it so i would say in 2022 what's different is now you need to look at your search partners 
network data and segment it out. And if you see something normal, five to 15% of your traffic coming sure, from search partners, sure, yeah. some conversions coming in as well, you're good, just like the old days. But if you if you only see uh, not all your traffic coming from it, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And and at that point, Any, I, I turned it over, off. Anything over like 25, 30%, that, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. Okay, Chris. So let's talk about mistakes with Google Ads. Something that hasn't changed in the last six years to me, the biggest mistake people make with Google Ads is opportunity cost. I get calls from people. They call me. They talk to me for 20, sometimes 30 minutes about problems they've had with Google Ads, problems they've had with other agencies, with other managers. I talk about how I would be different. And then they just keep doing what they're doing and they don't let me save their life. So I would say, honestly, opportunity cost, whether it's like hiring a good manager and running Google ads the right way, or people who are new to Google ads, not deciding to finally jump in and just start running something $300 a month, whatever, just start still the biggest cost because this system works. And I, it's just unbelievable how willy nilly people are with like saving their business or running their business or, saving their Google ads account. It's like pretty, dep- it's pretty gross. Um, the way, how lightly some people take this opportunity. Um, don't have much to say about that. Uh, except Jason, have you ever talked to a vegetarian who lives and breathes like being a vegetarian? That's kind of what I envision us as we're like the vegetarians of the marketing space. We do one thing and we live and breathe that and we believe it so much. I think that's why you have, why you're so surprised when people don't believe you is because they don't see what we see and they don't, you know, live and breathe it and they don't have as much experience. So, you know, they get a lot of th- people saying, this is the miracle of marketing here. Do LinkedIn, do Meta. Meta. Mm. Meta. I, just, yeah. I couldn't go any. I couldn't go fast. I couldn't go beyond just saying Meta. I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Well, I'm done with these people. That that's my change for 2022. I'm looking at my uh, a lead right now, and um, <laughs> I, I I was gonna follow up. I'm done. You're done. Um, just delete. I'm I'm done for people for pe- I'm doing it right now. Pe- people that can't <laughs> get that in terms of like how powerful this is, how much this can save their business. Yeah. Um, how how much of a difference it can be with someone like us running their Google Ads account, solving the exact problems that they know they have mm-hmm. and they verbalize to me. Mm-hmm. They're just not gonna they're not worth trying to save because they're not gonna want to save themselves. And um yeah. I'm just not gonna what's hard for me, Chris, is I see the potential with their business, with their campaigns. Oh, man. That, but it but if that is if so they true. don't get it, if they don't want to get it, they're not gonna get that's it. That's so, so true. I can, I'm, I'm gonna stop wasting time with them. That's so true. I I've had people contact me where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is an amazing business. Uh, your website is beautiful. These are great prices. You know, good images, yeah. landing pages or website or whatever looks looks awesome. Um, you're getting super low CPC, but you're just doing a few things wrong. Please. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm on the edge of saying like, I'll do it at half price. Just please let me do it. This is going to be an amazing campaign. And you've, you've seen me get fired from accounts when you're like, you got fired from that account? You're like, that's a beautiful account that you were running. Look, look at those CPCs. Yeah. Look at the conversion. I, I know what you mean. Perfect account. I, I know. I know. And yeah. uh, it's uh, it's sad. It is. It is infuriating. 
All right, so we're we're gonna end on a positive note. Oh, good. Uh, when we plug plug ourselves and plug our our newsletter, but one more negative note to uh to close the show out here. Chris. <laughs> oh, good. Um, oh, what I could I could do you could use a little more negative. That's good. Yeah. Well, what? Well, we're talking about what's changed and what's not changed in the six years we've been doing this podcast. Mm. One thing that has not changed is that people are still screwing up their Google Ads accounts uh, by doing. Basically, just make, making too many changes Being themselves. and not letting. Yeah, <laughs> but but here's the deal, Chris. Making too many changes is still a problem, but the but the devastating thing is that what we talked about at the top of the show. We're in the Where's Waldo era of Google Ads. Like, yeah. if you make a bunch of changes, it's even more impactful. And trying to get back to that perfect performance, you stumbled upon with a bunch of random things you didn't sign your account it, it can be impossible sometimes and so in this weird era of all these options and all this technology if you make too many changes to your account you're toast and um it's just i've still seen people not be able to help themselves another example here chris is is looking for your own ads back in the day uh it was manageable to some extent but these days, I just say LOL because, yeah. <laughs> like, good luck. There's so much going yeah. on with personalized results. Like, when people flip out about seeing their ad on the second page or at the bottom, when we look at their absolute top percentage, it's 40%. When we look yeah. at their top percentage, it's 70%. Like, if you can't accept the numbers that you see in your account and you're just searching for your own ad, toast. You're finished. Yeah. If you If you don't believe the the metrics in the horse's mouth how how are you going to make adjustments how are you going to improve your campaign you don't have to physically see the product in order to believe the metrics that are on the screen so yeah um i, I think that just comes with experience people understanding that it's a it's a machine it's a virtual product uh, there's nothing that you can hold in your hand and uh yeah that those are i'll tell you what that usually coincides with accounts that fail you know, people that don't take it seriously, people that don't trust it, that, that usually all kind of goes together. So I do want to end on one one positive here. Oh. A lot of people ask, how much should I spend on Google Ads? What should my monthly budget be? They just ask. They, they don't really have a an idea of, of uh, what to spend. Another question we get a lot is, how long does it take for Google Ads to work? When will I see results? I'm going to say a bold thing here, Chris. 90. I'm going to say 90 days. Okay. If you want Google ads to work, you better run it for at least three months, Okay. at least 90 days. If you want to ask me how much you should spend, I would say take a number you're comfortable with and divide it by three months. Have a monthly budget that you can sustain and spend for three months in a row. And if that means you need to go with the smaller budget, that's fine. But I think you got to run for three months these days. There's so many options, which you talked about, like so many different options, so many paths to try to find success. Patience is something I've been pre preaching recently. Add approval issues, ramp up, all that kind of stuff. I think people could really benefit from giving themselves three months in the Google Ads world to try to find success as opposed to trying to do what we have done for so many years in a row, which is years in a row, which is to dial it in within 30 days. I'm going to take the pressure off and, and expand that out to 90 days. Do you agree with that? I agree with that. Absolutely. 
absolutely. I, I, I think it is a first month. You kind of, you're barely kind of squinting. You're seeing a little bit of the light. Month two, you're starting to kind of look around and getting your bearings. Month three, you realize either you're headed straight towards the train that's about to run you over, or you're headed towards the gold mine. I mean, you're going to figure that out by month three, I think. Yeah. What do you have for lunch today, Chris? Jason, I'm glad you asked. Um, I have here in a celebration of our 300th episode a stop it you're getting me hot <laughs> 28 serving container of cheddar goldfish i've been just pounding this jason just uh not a sponsor but i'll tell you what um give us a call i'll tell you i mean i will the, the official food of the pacer <laughs> yes. podcast the official snack there we go just uh just here's jason i know you don't i don't i didn't send you any but um here's to another Three. Oh, hold on. I want to timestamp this because we're going to, this will get a lot of views for us on, on YouTube. People like watching you eat with your mouth. Okay. Here, okay. Hey, here's Take a bite. Here's to another 300. Thank you guys. We'll be here. Make sure you stay with us. Mmm. That's it.